Incomparable Podcast, number 85, April 1st, 2012. Welcome to yet another episode of The Incomparable. I am, as always, your host, Lex Friedman. I am joined today by an absolutely incredible and truly awe-inspiring panel. Uh, So let's quickly take a moment to introduce all of you. And we'll start with uh, my dear friend and yours, I'm sure, Ren Caldwell. Hello, Serenity. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. A little wet right now. It's it's very rainy in San Francisco. Understood. Uh, Tony, you're here too, right? Hello. Yes. Hi. Hi. And Ben, you're on as well? I am. And then my favorite of all the Dans I know, Dan Frakes. I was worried there for a second. Hey, relax. Dan Morton couldn't join us this evening. No, but uh, <laughs> today we are going to play the inaugural incomparable game show. And I'm going to ask you some tough questions. You're going to have to make some difficult choices. These are going to be hard, hard questions, hard-hitting, emotional, physical, draining, mentally and socially, and probably economically. And you will need to answer them. And I will judge you harshly for whatever answers you provide. Uh, of course, you can take your time answering. You can uh, you know, enlighten us as to how you reach your decision. And then the rest of the panel is free to mock or celebrate the choice that you made. Ren, as the first person I introduced, you're also the first person to get a question. Oh, goody. And here is the tough decision you need to make. The Empire Strikes Back or Raiders of the Lost Ark? This is a cruel, cruel decision. Um, you know, as much as I love Raiders, and I do love it dearly, uh, I think my first my, – my heart will have to go to The Empire Strikes Back because – Han Solo, growing up, was always uh, more my Harrison Ford than uh, than Indy. So if, if you had to pick one Harrison Ford, it would be Han Solo over Indy? It would be Han Solo, yes. I mean, he has the ship. Ship beats the hat. <laughs> ship beats the, the hat. And no snakes. No snakes in the future. Or in the distant past. But the the giant boulder only chases him in the one, though, right? Yes, only in the one and in the the ride. But, you know, you haven't seen any of them, Lex, so. (laughs) Well, that's what makes me uh, so perfect for my role here today. Is there anyone on the the panel who would actually pick uh, Raiders over Empire? Stunned silence. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, the, the, the only thing is, as we all know, we sort of kind of unequivocally agree that if we had to pick between Star Wars and Star Trek, all of us would go Star Trek, correct? No. That sounds maybe not quite right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I just wanted to confirm. All right. Well, I mean, it's that's uh, Ren, your decision is a fair one. And uh, I mean, the, uh, the reason that I would have picked Han over Indy <laughs> Is uh, you know, he gets to hang out with you have to, far don't more. Don't you have robots. to have seen the movie? I've seen Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask, but you know, Han gets to hang out with robots, and Indy really doesn't. My follow up question was: Are you sure you know which one is Han Solo, Lex? <laughs> uh, no, no, the one played by Harrison Ford, I think. Yes, but let's uh, let's let's get Tony then into the mix. Tony, your your first challenge here is uh. 
I think one that won't be overwrought for you or full of emotion, but you can feel free to prove me on, prove me wrong. You need to make a uh, a fair and balanced choice between Watchmen or The Dark Knight Returns. That is that is a difficult challenge. So they're both like falling off a cliff, and I can only save one of them. Exactly, you yeah. can only pick okay. one. Okay, yeah, and this is movies, right, Lex? Not books. Whoa, 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 whoa! Correct. <laughs> I, I will leave that decision to Tony. You can you can I, answer separately. I am I am only thinking about the right thing here, which is comic bookery. Um, and though Batman is, you know, he holds a special place in my heart, the place in my heart where people get pummeled a lot. Um, <laughs> that sounds very to painful. me. Watchmen is just such a seminal series, both um, in comics, but also kind of to me, uh, Watchmen was the the collection that kind of got me back into comics when I started reading comics again in the twenties. That um, I have to go with Watchmen, but I, I do love Batman pretty much more than you know. Anyone should love Batman, and, and certainly more than any other superhero. But I'm going to go with Watchmen. Fascinating. Now, is everyone here again in agreement? Everybody supported Ren with with Han Solo versus Indiana Jones. Does everybody agree with Tony that it's Watchmen over The Dark Knight Returns? No. Oh, no. no. Especially no. if we, especially if you throw the movies into the mix. <laughs> well, in, I would argue case, that. I would argue that I prefer to see my Batman actually in motion, even if it's just animated motion, like on an animated television show, than I do in flat comic books. And I much, much prefer Watchmen to stay in comic books rather than to uh, venture into the big screen like it did a while ago. Horribly, horribly, horribly. As I argued a couple of weeks ago, I don't think Watchmen holds up. And um, as much as I like Watchmen, and, you know, I, I... Loved it when, when it came out, but I don't think it stands the test of time. Why not? Um, well, um, it's, it's, too, it's much too rooted in a Cold War sensibility, and I think um, to some extent uh, Alan Moore's politics, uh, in, at least in that series, are absurd. Uh, and so to, to read it now uh, is to um, be somewhat embarrassed by it, I think. And, uh, you know, I read it again uh, just before I saw the movie, when the movie came out a couple of years ago. Um, the movie, I've, I've argued, and I'll, I might as well argue again, um, in some ways uh, diminishes, uh, diminishes the source material. Uh, Alan Moore was right when he said the thing couldn't be filmed, and uh, they should have listened to him. Um, but he was right uh, in in a way I think that he didn't quite anticipate, which was that uh, uh, thrown up on the on the big screen and 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 actually acted out in some ways I think reveals um, a lot of a lot of the flaws in the piece, and uh, and maybe in ways uh, we didn't expect. So um, yeah, w- for whatever virtues that, that uh, Watchmen has, um, I think ultimately on balance, uh, Dark Knight Returns uh, wins out, at least for me. Now, would you say that the then that the the dark right the dark knight film adaptation was was true you know the, would you say that it could be filmed well the, i mean the the if we're talking about the comic book versus uh the 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 recent batman films i mean the the uh the dark knight returns by frank miller is something quite different from uh the dark knight so right. um that's 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 impossible to compare but i think i think uh the the frank miller uh, miniseries and its sequel um, uh, are um, um, 
well, they they have a they they are flawed too insofar as they they are also rooted in a certain time and place. But uh, but I think they hold up a little bit better. Um, and again, and, and this may partly be a matter of taste, but um, um, I, I do think that as a as a uh, as a matter of style and and as a matter of storytelling, um, what Miller did with Batman. Um, uh, was at least for me much much more interesting, and um, and it's had a and it's had a ripple effect, uh, you know that uh, you know twenty five years on, uh, we're, you know we're still feeling. Fair. Now, uh, I should say, I, uh, the, just as with um, whose line is it anyway? Tonight, when I award points, the points don't matter. I neglected to give Ren any points for her first answer, which thereby requires that I deduct fifty points from myself. So I'm now negative fifty. But it's too late for me to retroactively give Ren any points for her prior answer. However, for Tony, because he he picked Watchmen, and uh, I think that largely the panel disagrees. Uh, Doesn't look good for me. Because he went out on a limb, we're going to go out and give him 12 points. So congratulations, Tony. You're you're up 12 points right now. That leaves everybody else in last place, mostly me. But Dan Frakes, the, 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 the cameras now turn to you. The one that I've installed in your home, by the way, and the choice you need to make, is, if only this was a video chat. The, the the choice you need to make, the decision that is now yours, is Blade Runner or Alien. Ah, and this could be the comic well, novels or the films. <laughs> so, if you'd said Blade Runner, if you had said Blade Runner versus Aliens with an S, <laughs> right? I think the answer would be easy. Uh, you know, those are both clearly sci-fi action movies, you know, set in the future. And Blade Runner is clearly the better movie there. Um, but Alien uh, is its just as much a sci-fi horror and suspense movie as it is an action flick. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, they're a lot less comparable than if you'd said Aliens. So, Hence the name of our show, I mean, I, The Incomparable. I, I know the, Bla- the Blade Runner is the critic's choice. You know, it's been far more influential and I've long been a fan. I've watched it, God, I don't even know how many times. But I'm going to go against geek movie convention here, and I'm going to say Alien, n, n, no S, is a better overall movie. I can hear people screaming out already. But uh, the thing about Blade Runner, and I've seen it so many times, is that, uh, you know, after you watch it over and over, especially if you've watched it any time this century, it's kind of losing a little bit of its magic. You know, sure, there's there's flying cars and impossibly amazing photo enhancement technology and, and of course replicants and all that. But, um, you know, the vision of 2000, was it 19 that uh, looked so futuristic and bleak back in uh, 1982, it just looks a lot less fascinating today, you know, but parts of alien on the other hand, you know, they still look dated, but the cinematography still feels like, contemporary and, and fresh. The aliens are just as nasty as they were, you know, almost 30 years ago. Um, this over 30 years ago, the scenes are just as scary today as they were then. Um, and you know, Blade Runner has good characters, but some of them just still feel like stock characters in a sci-fi movie or an action movie. Um, but it, the characters in alien are all still kind of real people and you can kind of really see those people in that situation. So, you know, and, and I still, I like the sequence of aliens a bit more. I just think it was filmed better. Um, so I don't know, Blade Runner, as much as I love it, I think it was a little more predictable and less, holds up less over time, less well over time. Okay. Let's, uh, let's turn to the panel to have you be judged harshly. (laughs) I'm sure I will be. 
panel, do you agree with uh, with Dan Frakes' choice here of Alien over Blade Runner? Well, I do disagree with one thing he said. You know, Dan, when you said you could hear people screaming out in space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> I meant on the on, I, okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. that that's worth that's worth another four points, by the way. Hmm. Nice. I'm, I'm roaring back. Uh, and, and now, little by little. Serenity. That, that's really all I have to say. I, I, <laughs> I have no, nothing more meaningful to add than that. <laughs> that's fair. Ren, could you make? Would you make the same choice that Dan made? I would actually uh, send both of them into the fires of hell because I really <laughs> dislike them both. <laughs> wow. Well, well. Wow. Wow. To be fair, I've seen the first time I saw Blade Runner, I saw it for a psych class, and I think that has ruined my opinion of the movie ever. And I, for Alien, I just don't like horror. Well, yeah, then you're screwed. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, Dan Frakes, I'm going to award you a superscript three for that answer uh, in honor of the third Alien film. Does that mean that, that whatever my score is at the end, it's cubed? Uh, I'll have that- to let the judges decide that. <laughs> all right, all right. Ben, we now turn to you as the fourth and final panelist to take question number one. And your question is unique to you and one that I think you've already mildly addressed earlier in the conversation. You oh, you must- might think so. You might think so. (laughs) I might think so, but I've known to be wrong, especially on this show with great frequency. The decision you now are faced with is Frank Miller or Alan Moore. Well, that's easy. Chris Claremont, of course. (laughs) No, uh, no, this is, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is is almost impossible. No, it's not really impossible. Um, now, yeah, you would think, right, um, I, I had gone on and on at, at length about uh, my love for The Dark Knight Returns, but you got to look at the whole body of work when you're asking that question. You ask the question, you know, is it, are we just evaluating Watchmen versus Dark Knight Returns here or, or Batman Year One? Uh, no, I mean, we got to look at the whole thing. And so I'm going to surprise you a little bit and go with Alan Moore. And uh, the reason is not just Watchmen. But uh, the, the, the series that, that I really fell in love with that Alan Moore wrote was Swamp Thing. I just loved that run. I mean, I, and, I, and I searched high and low to get that whole run. You know, I, I was buying that stuff up when, uh, when Swamp Thing 20 and 21 were selling for, for you know, I don't know, it was obscene amounts of money. I remember going to a comic book store in Oregon when, we were, when I was a teenager and we would go on these road trips with my parents. And I found Swamp Thing 20, which was the first issue that Moore wrote, for a dollar. And uh, the, the cashier looked at it and looked at the number and looked at the price and looked at me and got this kind of funny look on his face like he knew he'd, he'd been had. And, and, but I, you know, that was how it was bagged. That was how it was priced. And uh, I got it. And that was a huge triumph. I just, I just loved that series. I loved how, um, you know, he turned, uh, you know, he turned the swamp thing. He turned Alec into, into this, into this plant god and then it, you know, and it left Earth, and it just became this wonderfully mystical series. And um, that uh, I love that series more today, or as, as much today as I did, you know, twenty five years ago. Unlike Watchmen, uh, but so much of of what Moore has done is is interesting. Now I like Frank Miller too. Um, I, you know, I I like just about everything he's done. I mean, I I, I loved his Daredevil series. Um, I loved that stuff. Um, but uh, in the end, I, I think the, the more interesting writer, I think, I think Miller, you know, Miller, of course, is a, is a very interesting artist. 
uh, and a writer. But I think the, the, the better writer of the two has to be Alan Moore. Fair enough. Now, does anyone else want to weigh in on that question? I, I was really prepared to attack you when you, you know, we're going to make another choice based on, on what you said before. <laughs> you? See, you know, see what I did there? I, I, you thought I was going to zag when I zigged. I, you know, you, you, out, you outmaneuvered me. I was going to, you know, Alan, uh, Frank Miller has a lot to answer for is all I'm saying. Well, yeah, he does. But, you know, but uh, I hipped when you thought I was yeah. going to hop. <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, um, hip hop is always welcome on the incomparable. So we're going to award you. I think uh, I've given this a lot of thought, and uh, two point seven million points to Ben. For that <laughs> Woo! Well played. Uh, so, the longer your answer. So we're doing well. Exactly. That's I right. just need three thousand million. And I'll be even <laughs> with that cube, right? <laughs> That's right. Cubed. All right. Well, each panelist has had one chance. But with these first – and you know, I have to say I was thinking about it. Ben's choice there I feel like it was harder than everybody else's because if we're looking at the, the cliff analogy that I think Tony first raised, you know, if you're going to save, save one before they go off the cliff, Ben's dealing with actual human lives where uh, everybody else just yeah. had to make an but, uh, <laughs> but those all those questions, you had a choice. It was a simple A, B, multiple choice question. Here, however, with, with round two, the final round – of the incomparable game show, you get faced with open-ended questions. And Ren, once again, you are first to the firing squad. And the question we'd like you to ask, the tough choice we are asking you to make is what is your favorite book of all time? Oh, I thought the first question was hard. This one's just mean. All right. Fiction book, nonfiction book, play. There is, there is no, limitation to what your answer can be this simply must be your favorite book of all time okay um well i have i have three nominations if we're keeping to fiction which i'm going to uh and i'm no i'm just thinking it over in my head that's right like a is this a draft like a a weighted scale yeah exactly i think you're thinking it over favorite book ever that's difficult Um, you don't want to get it wrong, Ren. If you get it wrong, you, no. you'll get no points. There's no I will going be back. Spurned into the fires of hell. No, um, you're really you're really into the honestly, fires of hell today. This is true. There's, I mean, it's raining outside, so I guess I kind of feel like I'm in reverse hell in San Francisco. But anyway, um, I think if it weren't for the author, I'd have to go with Ender's Game, but. Unfortunately, Orson Scott Card does dock a few points from that book. Uh, so I will have to go with a little book that was one of Diana Wynne Jones's first in her career called Dog's Body, uh, which Diana Wynne Jones was a young adult writer uh, who wrote mostly fantasy with sort of a twinge of science fiction throughout her career. And she was known for writing these books. She has a couple of sort of traditional fantasy magic books, but she likes twisting things on their head. So, like, one of the books she wrote was a something called A Tough Guide to Fantasyland, which was basically making fun of fantasy characters. Uh, and this book, the premise is pretty simple. It's just the idea that uh, all of the constellations and the stars are ruled by omnipotent figures. And one of them basically does something bad and loses a star. Um, and as a result, he is sent down to Earth uh, in the form of a dog 
where he must find the star, which has gotten lost somewhere on Earth. And until he until he finds it, uh, he is in basically deep trouble. And it, if he doesn't find it before his life runs out as that of an Earth dog, then he's dead. And on premise, it sounds a little bit like, you know, oh, cutesy, fantasy, you know, puppies and and it'll be all kinds of fun, except it's really it's a very bleak fantasy book uh, where, you know, Sirius, uh, who is the dog star and is in the, the form of a dog, he is constantly running into all of these problems like he nearly gets drowned as a puppy. Um, and he's, he finally finds an owner and his owner is a poor Welsh girl, um, named Kathleen. And he, you know, (laughs) nearly gets attacked by other dogs and has to figure out how to, how to search while also playing dumb. And he's still, he's in charge of all of his mental fat. It's a, it's a very sweet book that ultimately, uh, ends up between the, the two characters, between Kathleen, who's his owner and Sirius it takes this very, very personal tack on what is otherwise a very grand fantasy story. And you spend two-thirds of the time just developing this bond and then pretty much shattering it at the end of the book. And the book's all about bonds and broken bonds and playing with stars and constellations. So, yes. So I think that that would be my favorite book uh, with... With Ender's Game coming in in, in a close second, now, you mentioned three three fiction books that were I in did. the finals. I did mention um, the the third is Fahrenheit four fifty one, which I loved as a child and probably read cover to cover at least twenty five times before age ten. Um, but it slowly, when I as I went into like middle school and high school, it slowly got pushed down the shelf. Because it was a traditional, like, it was a traditional, we read this in high school book. And it's hard to have that be your favorite book when everybody's down putting it all, putting it down all the time and being like, oh, we have to read a chapter for this in school. So I think I, I kind of moved away from that. And that's why it's not higher up on the list. But I do, I do very much love that book as well. Understood. Now, I will award Ren a bonus 500,000 points if anyone else on the panel has read Dog's Body. Okay. Sadly, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you should because it's an amazing book. Well, the good news is, Ren, for, for picking Dog's Body, I, I'm only awarding you uh, 100 points. But in Dog's Body years, that's 17 million points. Uh, <laughs> so that works out well. Uh, now, the, uh, the other thing is, you know, as you may or may not know, if you look through the distorted time mural portal that connects us to Prime Incomparable Universe, we know that they're going to have to – uh, on that episode, they will be attempting to guess the answers that we provided in this episode, and I They're screwed. I'm willing to wager one hundred dollars that no <laughs> one is going to pick Dog's Body for you. Uh, I don't know who I'd pay that hundred dollars to. Probably my wife, but I'm wagering that hundred dollars. We've all heard it here. <laughs> okay, I've heard it. We turn now to Tony. Hi, Tony. We're not asking you about books. Instead, we are asking you about the world of cinema, and we would like you to tell us your favorite movie. Ever? Uh, that is still a very hard question, uh, much like Ren's question, in that you're encompassing um, a lot of things there. Uh, I have kind of the edge that I listened to the incomparable movie draft recently, and so I, <laughs> you know, I was trying to think about what that would be, and I, 
it is a, a, a movie that has, in fact, already been mentioned on this podcast so far, uh, which would be The Empire Strikes Back, um, which, you know, you can get into a long argument um, about whether Empire Strikes Back or Star Wars is better. You can maybe, you know, watch, watch uh, at, you know, ask uh, Dan Morin and John Syracuse about that if you want to kill a couple hours. Um, <laughs> But I, I'm going to go with that as, as one of my favorite movies that I've seen many, many times and never get tired of seeing. I will mention, having recently listened to the Incomparable Movie Draft, uh, several movies that I very much like that didn't get mentioned in the Incomparable Movie Draft, since you can go and listen to a lot of uh, about The Empire Strikes Back on the Incomparable. But three other movies that I like a lot that didn't get mentioned, uh, City of God. Uh, the Prestige and the Blues Brothers are all are three movies that I also like a great deal, um, but probably are not quite at the, uh, the the pinnacle of favorite movie ever. Now, to dive into that a little bit deeper, I assume with the Blues Brothers, you're referring to the original Blues Brothers film and not the John Goodman Brew no. Blues Brothers 2000 follow up. Correct. <laughs> okay. Now. Uh, uh, Empire, I think you're right that the incomparable has devoted in, in both universes has devoted uh, a tremendous amount of attention to Empire Strikes Back. But talk to us about those other three just briefly: uh, City of God, Prestige, and, and Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, why, how, why do I mean? I know you said that you they weren't mentioned in the draft, and you think they should have been. They're, you're mentioning them here in the context of your favorite movie of all time, so they they must be close to that demarcation. So what? Yeah, I, they're certainly up there in the the top ten. I think the the incomparable movie draft managed to to cover a wide range of stuff and you know, knocked out a lot of my favorite Pixar movies and, and Coen Brothers movies. But um, City of God is is would probably be of those three uh, my top one, uh, which is a really great kind of crime drama set in uh, the slums in Brazil. And it's it's one of these movies with like a you know twenty five different characters and you see things from different perspectives and it's kind of a really great depiction of of life in a, an environment that is very foreign to me at least um so that's that's one of my favorite movies did you um, see the the 2011 indian version i have not <laughs> there in 2011 there, there is an is indian it is, version it is as good as the blues brothers update <laughs> i i haven't seen it so i can't say but i do know about okay. it i have a friend who watched it and it's it follows the same sort of uh jumping narrative mm-hmm. structure but it's apparently very different okay just putting that out there i i might check that out Maybe. I'm not going to commit to anything. <laughs> and The Prestige. What makes The Prestige so good? I really enjoy The Prestige. Um, I mean, I think it's a, it's a fun movie and I think it's, it's, it's neat. Um, you, you can also think of it as, you know, Batman versus Wolverine with magic, um, depending on, on how you want to view The Prestige. Uh, that's how I like to view it. Um, Amazing but, they didn't promote it that way, actually. Well, there may have been some licensing issues. Um, but, but I enjoy The Prestige. I, I, I think... I enjoy uh, uh, all of Chris Nolan's films, but uh, that one, for whatever reason, is is, is up there toward the top. Um, perhaps just it, it's just the setting and the way it unfolds, and and also you know Nikola Tesla. That's hard to that's hard to compete with, right? So David Bowie as Nikola Tesla, if Nikola Tesla alone was not enough to get you in the door. And now Blues Brothers, I would say, probably qualifies as the only. I mean, calling it a comedy might be a little strong, but it's 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 the least serious. I guess it's a musical comedy, but it's, it's I would call it a comedy. Yeah. It's it's the only comedy in your list of these top four movies, if we include Empire. So how yes. how did the comedy sneak in? Um, I am not entirely sure how that stuck in. I I don't watch a lot of comedies. Um, I'm not even really into blues music or anything like that. But I've seen the Blues Brothers like 
at least 30 times. It was, I think it was one of those movies that uh, my, my parents showed me at a relatively young age. And then I just watched over and over again. And just, I always found it kind of, kind of amusing. And I do like the music in it. Um, I've since seen it in theaters, um, even a slightly different cut of it. Um, and it's just, it's just always enjoyable. I mean, it's got music. It has a story that doesn't really quite make sense. Um, it has car chases, which I think were probably how I kind of got into it uh, at, at the beginning, the, the ridiculous car chases. Um, but I, I guess it's just a movie that is fun, even without necessarily being um, a, a great story that hangs together under any scrutiny whatsoever. That's one of those great quotable movies. Mm-hmm. That's one of those movies where I don't know about anyone else on this panel, but you know, having seen that film probably way more than three times, I can't look at a Pier One Imports and not, <laughs> you know, instinctively say a lot of space in this mall. <laughs> And the other thing I do at restaurants is I, I insist that uh, that waiters pour wine in the wrong glass. <laughs> anyway. Excellent. My favorite line in that movie is, I hate Illinois Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in honor of uh, the Blues Brothers, we'll give you 2,000 points <laughs> for that answer. Thank you. Uh, very good. Dan Frakes, we're back to you again. And this, of all these questions, I think this would be the one that I would have the most difficulty answering, which is why I'm glad that I merely need to ask questions and not answer them. Mm-hmm. Name your favorite television show of all time. <sighs> all right. Well, I'm obviously influenced by uh, the period I've been alive and watching TV. <laughs> so uh, sorry, all of you 60s and, 60s and 50s TV show people. But uh, um, And there's a, there's a big caveat here, and I, I kind of aim this – especially at John Syracuse because I have not watched the Sopranos and I haven't yet finished the wire. I'm only on season three and it hasn't gotten there yet. So with those in mind, um, I was actually really tempted to say the Simpsons. Um, I just, you know, it's fantastic. It's been around forever. And whether you look at it as just a stupid, funny cartoon, or you look at it as political commentary, or you look at it as, you know, social, it's just on so many levels, it's such a great show, but um, I'm not going to pick that. I had a list of like 10 shows I went through and I'm one by one. In the end, the one that I think I enjoyed the most while I was watching um, and looked forward to every week was the West Wing. And, um, and the other thing I should say, the other thing about The Simpsons, for me, the best a, a TV show, what makes it great is a, is a story that goes from week to week. So there are plenty of shows that you know, were were great shows, but they were episodic and that each each week was a different show. You could watch it by itself and not care what happened the week before or the week after. Uh, so I prefer shows that actually have a storyline. Um, and The West Wing, of course, my my background in education is in public policy, so I'm sure that played a role there. But uh, it had a phenomenal cast, had great characters, and some of the best dialogue of any show ever. Uh, and it took something that few thought people would really be interested enough to sit down every week and watch uh, the inside baseball of Washington politics and, and made it popular and sometimes even, even educational. I mean, the writers clearly took artistic license, but the show, it it showed viewers, you know, quite a bit about the way Washington actually works um, comically enough, uh, you know, appropriately enough sometimes um, and actually had some civic value there. And, and, and even though it obviously portrayed a administration with a definite political slant the show had fans on both sides of the aisle just because of the of the writing and and the characters on the show i mean it was just a great show it had its lulls like every show but 
um, it started strong and ended strong. And, uh, and I, I've watched it all the way through a couple times. Well, first I have to say that were I forced to pick an answer, that would have been my answer. So you automatically get an infinite quantity of A billion of points. points. That's correct. Wow. Uh, my second question for you, Dan, or I guess the first wasn't a question. It was a comment. So my first question now, Dan, to follow up is what the hell happened to Mandy? <laughs> yeah, huh? I, Don't worry about it. It's not important. I, <laughs> the, Mandy went to Mandyland. We know right. this already. Mandyland. That's yeah, right. but yeah, I I, yeah. I still miss her. Um, you know, it's yeah. the the. I think you know. I I approve of all of your choices with the Simpsons as a potential option and the West Wing. And um, I the only other one that I would have thrown in uh, that that would have been racing the West Wing for my final vote would have been uh, Arrested Development. See, I haven't watched enough of that. I've everybody I know loves it, but I haven't watched enough to to include it there. So it didn't make my 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 list by uh, for practical reasons, not philosophical. That's fair. And now, Ben, you're gonna you're gonna close things out for us today with a question unlike the prior three. Your question is, especially given that we all live today in an alternate universe. This this is <laughs> this is a, a hypothetical that we can consider almost a real situation if you could erase one work of fiction from existence forever (laughs) what would it be you know this is such an easy question i thought you were going to ask me you know which one of my children i love more (laughs) now i i understand why you might ask that question because you know i i am on record saying that the fandom menace threw me into a funk, a deep, dark depression for at least a week. And so I could very easily do a kind of pale imitation of, you know, that, that there's a Patton Oswalt routine where he talks about going back in time and, and, and beating, you know, George Lucas to death with a shovel. I could do that. <laughs> but then this would be over in a minute and a half, and, and uh, that wouldn't be interesting or entertaining at all. Or incomparable-like. Or incomparable, no. <laughs> Um, uh, I could, uh, I mean, and, and, you know, any work of fiction at all, I have thousands of years with which to work. Right. But, right. uh, but, uh, no, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the sentimental choice. And this is an example of how there's, there can be no arguing with matters of taste. And the work of fiction that I would eliminate is Tank Girl. The film, the film, for the simple reason that I thought Lori Petty deserved a better career, and that movie just that movie just killed it for her. And I liked her a lot. And that movie, after that, she was doing bit parts, and it was just a it was just a crying shame. Now I could have also mentioned uh, Howard the Duck. I thought about that. <laughs> Howard the Duck, uh, terrible, terrible movie, almost ruined uh, Leah Thompson's career. Maybe it sort of did. I don't know. But uh, uh, bad, bad film. But no, Tank Girl. I'm going to say Tank Girl. Uh, Because those guys in the other universe ain't going to get that in a million (laughs) years either. Suckers. Cue the sound of everyone looking up Tank Girl on IMDb.com. <laughs> well, I, what, I mean, what, wait, wait, wait a minute. This this group has not seen or heard of Tank I mean, my God. I am, this, this, I am familiar with Tank Girl. I never saw I it, have, but I remember I the trailers it. well. I have seen it, but I thought I was one of half a dozen. Oh, my God. I saw it in the theater. That's oh. – that should tell okay, you something. you win. Yeah. No, it was – that's bad news. 
bad news. See, I think I've, I've 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 removed all of the works that you mentioned from kind of my own operating <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> I've tried. God knows, we I've each tried. have our own bubbles. I've 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 consumed oceans of alcohol to try to, to remove some of these things from my mind, but they just won't. They just won't go away. It's it's hard. <laughs> now, for me, it's a know, struggle every day. The the sad thing for Lori Petty becomes that she sort of reaches the career apex then in retrospect with probably a league of their own. You can make the point break argument, but I'm going to go for a league of their own. And then you, you have Tank Girl as the the epic follow up, I guess. And this I, was this was like that was supposed to be her star vehicle, right? This was supposed to be a great thing for her, and the thing just imploded. <laughs> And it was like a black hole in her career, and then she showed up in these bit things. It was just—it's just terrible. I thought she deserved way better than that. So, there you go. Do you feel like uh, uh, Tank Girl, note for note, pound for pound, is a worse movie than? Uh, d- I guess you do, since it's the one you would rip from existence. But a worse movie than Demi Moore's uh, G.I. Jane. <laughs> <laughs> But G.I. Jane is so fun to watch. <laughs> I mean, it's so that's see, that's one of see, see, Tank Girl was embarrassingly bad in a way that G.I. Jane wasn't quite embarrassingly bad. I know G.I. Jane had pretensions of seriousness to it, right? Right. But, but, and, and it didn't work, right? No, it, nobody, I don't think at this point, anybody thinks it really worked. <laughs> um, the other one, the other one, uh, what was the, oh God, what was the one? That terrible stripping movie. What was that? Striptease, oh, that, I believe. Striptease. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what was that movie about striptease? <laughs> uh, what was that called? Yeah. Um, <laughs> even that. That 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 has some value. I thought. I think you know those are the sort of movies that people will look at. You know, ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road, and they'll and they'll just have a, this. This is sort of mystery science theater. If, if well, for for non science fiction, they'll look at these movies and they'll have a good laugh about them. But Tank Girl is like. Uh, is like the geek's heaven's gate. You know? <laughs> I just want to say, if you're looking at 15 years from, from striptease, that would be last year, 2011, because the movie oh came God. out in 1996. The, the thing that makes, I mean, now we're off topic, but the thing that makes striptease to me so brutally painful, and there are two, is one that it's, I don't know how to pronounce, and I really love the author, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Carl H's book is really funny. Carl H-I-A-A-S-E-N. Hyacin. Hyacin. Carl Hyacin's book, Striptease, is a really entertaining book. And I found the movie much less entertaining. And I also found Burt Reynolds simply awful in Striptease. So, oh, you know what I was thinking of? I wasn't thinking of Striptease. I was thinking of Showgirls. Showgirls. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. That's, yeah, that's what exactly. I thought you might yeah. mean. Without to yeah. be more, but still. Uh, yes, right. Showgirls. Campy, but still. I mean, terrible, but campy. Well, this has been enlightening. And um, now I have many movies to rewatch, mostly striptease and showgirls. But uh, I want to thank all of our contestants today. Oh, by the way, Ben, uh, for that answer, I will, you know Dan Frakes already was awarded an infinite amount of points, so I'll give you, you know a hundred billion points for that answer. But it's still not going to help. Uh, but I want to thank everybody who participated Crap. in our incomparable game show, Serenity Caldwell, who was thank on mute. Thank you very much. I am on mute, but thank you. Thank you, Tony. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Even though the the panel seemed to go for the dark night instead, you know, we're glad I, that you were I here. Don't does not compute. Dan Frakes, picker of the West Wing, perhaps the greatest television series of all time. Thank you for all the points. <laughs> it's a pleasure. <laughs> you owe me a thousand dollars, and of course, Ben. 
reminding me of both striptease and showgirls. So it's a great night for <laughs> and me. And the Phantom Menace. And the Phantom Menace. <laughs> but uh, thank I, you all. I, I demand a recount. <laughs> and it's, it's so ordered. And my, uh, my alternate universe counterpart, Jason Snell, will uh, soon be quizzing our alternate universe counterparts. Uh, and I think what we call the prime comparable universe. And uh, we'll see how well they know you. And my guess is not that well at all. <laughs> Man, I really don't want to be the guy who edits this thing. <laughs> that would be Jason, by the way. Poor Jason. Are, are we taking any bets on how many they get right? I think they'll get the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, that was kind of that was a they'll a, get a Empire. Slow, That's a slow one. pitch, you yeah. know. I mean, the, the the correct approach here is to make fun of our answers when we 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 pick things that they <laughs> yes. that are that are mm-hmm. wrong. So so sorry that book that Ren likes. <laughs> it's okay the correct answer Good. there by the way was the correct answer there by the way Ren was Dostoevsky's The Devils <laughs> what about The Master and the Margarita ooh that's good too I was going to choose Mooba La 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 <laughs> <laughs> I like that See, answer I have a different choice for each each type of like fiction, nonfiction, and then I also have a choice for different genres of fiction. So that question is just horrible on a variety of levels. Yeah, I, you know, it's man with the favorite book ever. I, my favorite book ever is not, I think, the best book in the world, but the book I enjoyed the most, which was this, I think, very unknown Al Franken fiction book called "Why Not Me," which is a a false autobiography <laughs> uh, chronicling his rise to the presidency and then later his resignation from the same position. Um, and it's, I mean, Hey, there's Jason Snell and it's a, uh, I mean, it's a totally ridiculous and hilarious book, but it's so well done that I really enjoyed it. Now you all know you're all off the hook, by the way, I'm now, now we're simply yeah. getting the extra, uh, after dark. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo. So, so they're not, since they're not going to be able to hear our justifications for our choices, they're going to take them basically – you're going to hand it over to Jason and say, oh, uh, Dan picked Alien. Ha, ha, ha. And they're just going to rip on us, right? I did. Is that how, um, that's how it's going to work, right? I did take notes. Um, Ooh. So you'll have notes. those. I, he'll have those, I should say. I'm just going to see if I can add Jason in because he's asking me lots of questions and I can't talk and type at the same time. So you were able to take notes, look stuff up on IMDb, and host at the same time. Jesus, that's amazing. Well, I'm impressed. I got this this job for a reason. (laughs) Okay, because I'm just I'm just assuming he's a very competent alternate universe host. Right. Internally, know when striptease came out. Um, (laughs) Yes. Hello, Jason. Jason. You can earn respect either way. Hello, parallel universe people. Uh, we're universe A. Hello, Jason Snow. You, you, you are so screwed. <laughs> I, in, in fact, I just want to clarify. When I said that I think the answer they'll get is um, is Empire, I think they're going to get it for both times it was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Jason, I have Probably emailed true. you not just the answers, but a little bit of uh, the insights that went into making those answers, just in case that would help inform your job. 
Did you also send him the points you awarded? <laughs> no, I didn't even keep track of the points. Oh. Well, I got an <laughs> instant number, Jason, just so you know. <laughs> it, it, I'm sure that in the end, it will, uh, it will all make sense when I edit it. Yeah, you're Good screwed. Luck. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> I'm sure. You're screwed. I mean, this thing, I, this thing, I don't even know. It's going to go on. It's going to be like three hours long, and we're all going to slit our wrists at the end. I think the fact that we yeah. kept our part to, to you know, 40-ish, 45 minutes is going to be very helpful for Jason. I think so, too. Good God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you ask an alternate universe panel to go on an alternate universe show. I think it's excellent. Maybe I'll just run the alternate universe show as the After Dark or something. <laughs> <laughs> totally Follow your heart. Episode. It, no, it'll be. Um, what, what episode are we up to now? It'll be like uh, episode eighty-two A and episode eighty-two B. Although I, I guess you just... in true Futurama terms, it would be episode eighty-five and then like episode eighty-five in Roman numerals. Jason, I think you should just do it like those magazine newsstand, the newsstand uh, magazines where half the people who download the podcast get one and half get the other. <laughs> I think there, there are limitations to the RSS technology, I think. Right. That's true. Brilliant. Well, oh, here you just split it. One, the, whoever's on the uh, like the AAC feed gets one thing and whoever's on the MP3 feed gets the other. I don't know what your, uh, your subscribership is like. If only the AAC like. feed still – if only the AAC feed still worked. Oh, I, I, I just could set up a script random each request gets a random, you know, redirect. <laughs> well, I've got the answers here from from Glenn or from Glenn from Lex, who's alternate universe. Glenn, right. three is a lot in the alternate universe in, in the prime universe of your alternate universe. Right. Well, OK, so I, I uh, well, I thanks. Thanks, everybody. It was a terrible rainstorm. And then I got home like at 720 and I thought I would eat before. That's probably doing this. So thank you for participating in your portion of this podcast so that we didn't have 10 people talking at once. Oh, it was a true pleasure. And I just want to say, Ben, that uh, it wasn't your answer, but uh, I believe that Howard the Duck did not truly ruin Leah Thompson's career. So I think you were right not to pick it because she still went on to do two more Back to the Futures. And then she had like a stupid sitcom for a while. So she did fine. Yeah, no, she did. She did okay. But it came. It was a close run thing. Right. Yeah. No, it, it could have been disastrous. Hey, hey, Lex, yes. can I just say, I, I don't know what it's going to take or how I got to do it, but I got I to gotta figure out a way to get you on the podcast that I do with Joel Mathis for no other reason than your voice. <laughs> the voice. It's the <laughs> FM radio. That's why he's the parallel universe host of The Incomparable. I, I am Jason Snell's voice, just in the parallel universe. Well, th- that's that's very kind of you to say. Uh, the thing is, like Jason, the one thing Jason and I do have in common vocally is I have a very high-pitched laugh, which I don't feel like fits in with my voice at all, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lex. <laughs> Since when is Elmo oh. on our podcast? Oh, man. Poor Lex always have to say his name when he's laughing. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. It's true. All right. <laughs> well, thank you I'm all. I'm hanging up and preparing for the uh, the uh, second-rate podcast. That's coming. Rock on. <laughs> Goodbye.